Well, hopefully everyone had an amazing Christmas. Did you have a wonderful Christmas? Yeah, sure, and we're getting ready to celebrate New Year's. This is New Year's Eve. Can you believe that? Already we're last day of 2023, and tomorrow starts a brand new year. It's just crazy how quickly time goes by, right? What? What was my surprise? Well, we can talk about that at another time when I'm not getting ready to preach the message. How's that sound? <laughs> check with me after church and uh, well, check with Diane and see what she was surprised about. So, <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a, been a crazy year. It's been a great year. Lots of different things have transpired. Uh, but we're getting ready to start a brand new year. Thank you so much, by the way, for giving and supporting the church and, and just sowing toward this work, making it possible for us to reach out and to touch people all over the world, all over the world, y'all. Uh, we uh, do our very best to bless uh, a lot of folks. Our, our, many of the missionaries have gotten back in touch with me. There are still some yet to do so. Thanking you all for the Christmas gifts that was a blessing and how surprised they were because not many people, a lot of people will sow back into their ministry, but not many people sow back into them and their families personally. And you guys did that in a big, big way. And so uh, on behalf of those who've contacted me, I want you to know that they appreciate it very much. And so thank you for being such a generous church. And thank you for supporting the work that we do in trying to uh, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every time you give in the offering, uh, whether it be online or whether it be in these baskets up here or the kiosk over in the corner there, you're basically saying, we believe in what this church is doing. And that means a lot to us to know that you're standing behind us and believing in what we do. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I got a message for you all this morning, and it's entitled, that was the surprise, by the way, yeah. more in 24. Now, just wait, pause for just a minute. Um, there was a son, he called his uh, parents up to wish him a happy New Year's, and his dad answered the phone, and well, Dad, what was your New Year's resolution? And he said, my New Year's resolution is to make your mother as happy as I can be all year long. Well, Mom eventually got on the phone, and he said to her, Mom, what's your resolution? My resolution is to make sure that your dad keeps his resolution. <laughs> this is the time, isn't it, when uh, New Year's resolutions are made, and... Um, it's just something that kind of happens, whether it's intentional or whether it's just like, okay, it's the time of year, and so we have some things that we want to change and do, do differently. And I think that every year people have well, well intentions, good intentions, and they work very hard at uh, um, making New Year's resolutions. And I believe that, in part, they certainly work very hard at trying to keep those New Year's resolutions. But here's some interesting facts about New Year's resolutions. About 40% of adults set a New Year's resolution every year. 60% of young adults 
have New Year's resolutions. wonder what that says about the older adults. 48% want more exercise. Yeah, I got a real rise out of y'all. Y'all are going, yeah, I wasn't in that, I wasn't in that percentile. Wasn't in that percentile. Are you ready for this? 25% quit after the first week. With only 36% making it past the first month. And here's the, the startling one. 9% of people successfully keep their New Year's resolutions. 9%. I don't want to be in that 9%. Now, unfortunately, I probably fit somewhere in each and every one of these stats, as well as we all do, probably somewhere. And I'm, I'm guessing that, uh, that we all can relate to a portion of that statistic. And when making New Year's resolutions, I usually ask myself three things. And the three things that I ask myself is, what am I going to leave behind? Is one of them. The other one is, what am I going to keep? And then the third one is, what am I going to do differently? And so I often pray about, what's the new year hold? And I kind of pray about it on a, a two-tiered a two way, one personally, and the other is for the church. And I, I ask those same three questions, what am I going to leave behind? Because we all got stuff, don't we? That's why we make a New Year's resolution, because we want something different and we don't want it to be that way in the new year the way it was in the old year. So the question becomes, what do I want to leave behind? It really kind of defines it, especially if I can make a list, and I often will do that. What do I want to keep? I like this part of what's happening. This is good. There's momentum here. I'm going to keep doing that thing. But then if I've had things that I want to leave behind, then I have to define, well, then what am I going to do differently? And so I ask that question uh, to the Lord uh, for myself and and especially for the church. And I've been seeking God on this matter since probably August, to tell you the truth. Sometimes it catches up with me, and I don't, you know, it's like we're at the first of December, and I go, oh my gosh, the New Year's just around the corner. And, and I, you know, kind of go into crash prayer, you know, cr you know crash mode, you know, and begin to pray and pray. But I've really, this year's been different for me in that I've been thinking about this since August and praying about it. And I'm pretty intentional about discovering not only what God wants me to do differently, but as a pastor, what does God have in mind for us as a church to do, to do differently? And often those will lead to some sentence, some statement. Uh, and usually they are, I don't know, they're like clever cliches. And honest to goodness, I try to avoid um, clever New Year's statements because they can sound so cliche and at times they can even be a little corny to, you know, it feels like it's kind of a trite thing. More in 24! Yeehaw! Well, you know, what does that mean? You know, there's things like plenty in 2020 and fun in 21 and new in 22 and I'm from Tennessee and I guarantee you there'll be a jubilee in 23. I mean, the list can go on, and I think enough said, right? Y'all yeah. know what I mean, that these New Year's statements can be, can be corny, they can be cliche. And so, all kidding aside, though, God kept dropping something in my spirit that, that I kept arguing with him about. 
because quite frankly, it just sounded like another clever play on words. And as I said, I try to, to the best of my ability, avoid some clever play on words. And right here, it might behoove you all to say, uh, excuse me, Pastor, why did God have to keep dropping it in your spirit? Well, the reason that he had to keep dropping it in my spirit is because I kept blowing it off. I kept, no, no, I want a better statement than, come on, everybody's going to have more in 24. It's just a cool rhyme, right? Clever, but yet he just kept dropping it in my heart. Uh, I kept trying to blow it off. And, um, you know, I, I pretty much said to God, great, thank you. Another clever play on words. No offense, Lord, but quite frankly, it's just another corny cliche. And, yeah, that's right. I was having an arm wrestling match with, with God. Oh, that's just to tell you what. That's not too smart. Good luck, Good luck with that, right? Good luck with that. But, you know, he does allow us to, uh, there's scripture in the Bible that says, uh, come, let us reason together, state your case. Uh, you know, um, Abraham certainly had somewhat of an argument with God about uh, the destruction of the people in Lot that, you know, ultimately Abraham said, oh, just bear with me one more time. And so, you know, I'm close enough to Papa God that I can say, really, Father, is this what you want? It's almost like I was saying to the creator of the universe, can't you do better than this? Huh? Yeah, well, spank me very much. Um, so I'm in that prayerful mode um, about this, and I'm rejecting the idea of more in 24. And I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to my spirit, to my heart, and he said these words to me just as clear clear as day, um, it's only a cliche if it has no purpose. And then he went on, and now he got my attention with that. It's only a cliche if it has no purpose. And he went on to say to me, have a purpose for the more, and the more in 24 becomes a purpose statement. He totally got my attention there. And so as I began to study after that, I went, well, I want to get a clear and concise definition of what purpose statement means. You know, a lot of times we hear statements, phrases, word combinations, or single words, and we believe that we know what they mean, and we have an idea. But sometimes it's kind of good to just go back to the dictionary and refresh your mind on what it is actually saying and what was the Holy Spirit saying to me that if I had some purpose for the word more then the phrase more in 24 became a purpose statement. Now when God, I felt like God, I didn't hear a voice. I'm still coveting a time that I can hear the audible voice of God. But I haven't had that. I just get an impression in my heart. And then I take a risk and follow that impression. So I began to pray about it, you know, more in 24. Um, and... You know, what's my more? Talk to me, Lord. What is it? So a purpose statement, by the way, by definition is, here it is. Essentially, it is a statement that communicates what one aims to accomplish and how he or she intends to achieve it. 
It's, it's typically a written statement that uh, communicates what a person aims to accomplish and how he or she intends to get her done. Are you with me? So, so I began to pray and meditate about it more in 24. I began to pray, well, then what's my more? Because he said, if you have purpose for the more. Not the statement, but the more, that word, that four-letter word in the statement. And I began to say, Lord, talk with me. What's your plan for me in 24? What is your plan for the church in 24? What do you want me to focus on, God? What do you want me to aim for? What's the more? And so that was kind of the journey. And once again, I felt like the Holy Spirit impressed something upon my heart. And I'm thinking, great, another cliche. And he gave me what, I think he said, here's the six mores. Now, let me just say, that's not six s'mores. Because that's the first thing I heard. What? What? We're gonna, it's all about s'mores this year? No, he said, it's, it's the six mores. Now, the six mores, it's hard to say that now without thinking about a s'more, isn't it? Uh, the six things <laughs> that God gave me, I believe, are things that apply to me personally. But because they apply to me personally, I believe that they're also things that he wants me to lead and navigate, help the church navigate through some of those things. But you're going to receive an assignment in this message, and it's more toward the end, but I'll go ahead and give you a clue uh, right now that over the course of the next few days certainly the month of January, is for each of you to discover what your more is. And it may be some of the same ones that I have, or you may sit down and ask God, what, what do you want from me, Lord? What is the more that you're expecting from me? And then write it down, and then pray about, well, okay, that's what I want to accomplish, because remember the other part of the sta uh, purpose statement is not just what do I want to accomplish, but it's how I intend to get her done. Are you hearing me? So we don't want a clever cliche here. Um, so my, here's, uh, here's the six mores that the Lord came up, not only for me personally, or gave me. The Lord didn't come up with it. He gave it to me, and I ultimately listened. Uh, that should bless all of you to know that sometimes we have to be the Lord has talked to us a few times, and he has talked to me a few times to get my attention, right, and rattle my cage. So here they are, and I wanna, I'm going to break these down just a little bit, and I want to talk to you about more uh, today, and then over the course of the next few weeks, especially in the month of January, is to uh, break down each one of these mores, of the six mores. Uh, the first one is, uh, and, and, the way, and when I wrote this out, Every time I saw the word more, I put it in caps because his point was to me, more in 24. Rick, son, it is only a clever cliche if you don't have a purpose for the more. Okay, are you all with me? That's kind of the journey that uh, I went through. I often take you through the journeys of how I get to certain places. Number one was I want more of the Lord's presence in 24. So there's, a, there's something I want to accomplish. Now I have to begin to seek God and spend time with Him and discover then how do I intend 
to access more of his presence, to experience more of his presence this year. And that should be a no-brainer. Honestly, it probably should be on the top of all of our lists that we want more of God's presence in our life. Can I get a witness from somebody? Number two, and this really is a, a carryover, because remember there's what, what things do I want to leave behind, what things do I want to keep, and what things do I want to do differently. And one of the things that I wanted to keep was the journey that I had in 2023 that began to birth in me an evangelistic heart. I didn't say I'm not an evangelist. I believe all of us, quite frankly, uh, and operate in the gift of evangelism, but not necessarily be called to go from place to place and do the work of an evangelist. And he began to birth in my spirit this, this spirit of evangelism in that I had a, a yearning, an unsatisfiable craving to see lost people get saved. And I would weep over it in my prayer time. And I've, Diana will attest to the fact there's been many rides home that as I talked about the altar call and I talked about either a lack of response or whatever, that I'd cry because my heart was broken about the number of people who didn't get saved. And so I, I want to see more salvations in 2024. That's the second more. And obviously, you can see already that these things will lead me in my personal life. And as they do, is my intent then to lead you along some of that same journey. Can you say amen? Number one was I want more of the Lord's presence in 24. Uh, and you know, I, I get to experience a lot of the Lord's presence. I really do. I, I'm, a, I'm a, a voracious reader of many books and of the Bible especially. I spend time with the Lord every single morning, probably for a minimum of an hour. Um, I, I grab my guitar and I worship and I experience times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. And yet I'm saying, I want more of your presence, Lord. And then the next one was, I want to see more salvations. I've asked God to put a burden upon my heart for the lost. God's begin to teach me and show me that if there's a single message that, that goes by from the pulpit that doesn't have the gospel in it, or, a, or an opportunity for people to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, then it's nothing more than me um, filled with hot air speaking my opinions about things. God's made a transformation in me in 23, and I want to keep that part. Amen? So I want to see more salvations in 2024. 20, Number three, and this is critical, y'all, and I got plans. I've already put some plans down that I intend to do. I want to be active in making more disciples in 2024. You see, we are not called and given a great commission to simply have people answer and respond to an altar call. We, gotta, we need to get them saved, amen? But then many times we become nothing more than teaching centers that don't really effectively and, and intentionally make disciples out of new believers. And, uh, you know, I've said to my team, I, I want to have a new believers class starting sometime probably this month. We have people who've just gotten saved. And I've learned that if you don't, if you're not intentional about those who've just gotten saved, about helping them become disciples and learn what their next steps are, they'll give up. Yeah, yeah. And they won't keep up the journey. We have a serious 
critical job in front of us. And I am intentional about that. I already have the discipleship, uh, excuse me, the new believers class uh, written up and Diane's going to be teaching it. It'll be on a Sunday. We're going to do it on, uh, I picked the Sunday. It's going to be very, very soon. I'll keep you posted. There'll be a sign up. And we're going to do it like at 9 o'clock in the morning until 9.45 for those who are new believers to come find out what's next. I think I, I shared with you that it was one of, the, one of the altar calls that I had given and no one responded. And just, man, it just broke my heart. And not because of me, but because I have this burden to see the lost get saved. And, it, and a young lady came to me after church out in the fellowship hall. And she said, um, I wanted to come up, but I was afraid to come up. And I said, it's all right. All you need to do is just give your heart to Jesus. And she said, well, I did that a couple of days ago in the shower. And then she said this, and this ripped my heart in two, but I don't know what to do next. And God had already been laying this new believers training on my heart, but that moment and that day, I thought about how many people have we lost, how many people have we seen fall between the cracks because we didn't help them from the altar of salvation to the journey of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I am serious about this, you all. So I want more of the Lord's presence in 2024. Can I get a witness? I want to see more salvations in 2024. I better get a witness. And I want to be active making more disciples in 2024. Number four for me is I want more personal health in 2024. And I've learned through years that does not just happen by accident. You have to be intentional, right, Brother Chuck? You have to be intentional about the journey that you take to have greater health. And I am just determined to have greater health. I'm not making greater health be about whether I kick uh, diabetes in the butt or not. That's not what it's about. It's just be on this journey to do the right thing, to continue to do the right thing, because if I do what is possible for me to do, God will do for me the impossible. Can I get a witness again? So I've already done, I'll tell you, I've already been on this journey, uh, st started early in probably sometime in November, certainly all of December, uh, if I can boast about anything at all, I want to boast about this, uh, and it was not easy, y'all, but I made it through two Christmas parties and Thanksgiving and never had a single piece of cake or pie or sugar. Now, wait a minute. Don't, no, no, no. Oh, my God, I struggled, y'all. I told somebody this morning, I may not have had it, but I had to repent for lusting over it. <laughs> it's a journey. It's something that I want, and I intend to have a plan to make it happen, and I've already implemented that plan, and I'm going to continue to do so. And the beauty of it is the more that I find personal health, the greater will be my, my sensitivity to the Lord's presence. The list just keeps going on and on that all these will come together simply by a journey of personal health. I want more in 2024, especially as it relates to personal health. So I know I'm repeating them. I want more of the Lord's presence in 2024. I want to see more salvations in 2024. 
Uh, I want to be actively making more disciples in 2024. Let me pause right there. This just ain't up to me. This is the commission for each and every one of us who, let's bypass something. Let's bypass who call themselves Christians. How about let's bypass that to who call themselves disciples of Jesus Christ? Because in my humble opinion, there's a big difference between a Christian and a disciple of Jesus Christ. A lot of Christians don't follow Jesus Christ very closely. That means they're not disciples. And our commission from our master Jesus Christ is to go into all the world and make disciples. Guess what? You can't make a disciple if you aren't one. So I'm going to do my best today and for the next few Sundays to inspire you, to motivate you, to want more in 24. So I want more uh, personal health in 24. And then number five is I want more spiritual depth in 24. I want to be able to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. I want to be able to think in the spirit and not in the flesh. I'm sick and tired of Rick Lopez's stinking thinking. You're not supposed to sit there and go, yeah, we're kind of tired of your stinking thinking too. That was a time for you to go, yeah, me too. I need to get rid of some of my own stinking thinking. Huh? Doubts. Times where there's no faith. Times when you're defeated. Times when you don't want to get up and fight no more. Can I get a witness from somebody? Well, the only way to do that is to have a more spiritual depth. And I can tell you right now, just the journey of personal health is going to help me have more spiritual depth because I'm going to crucify the flesh, which is number six. I want to crucify more areas of my flesh in 2024. There's some areas of Rick Lopez's life that need to be gone. And I would not, have, I would not lose the bet. If I were to bet and say, I bet there's some areas in your life as well that need to be gone. So I want more in 24. Can I get a witness from somebody? Amen. So that's kind of the journey that I went on to get to this point. And it is my intention, as I said, to break down and explain each of these six mores, uh, not only as a personal purpose statement, because that's where it starts. If I don't bring to you from here, if I don't bring from to you things that are overflowing in my own life, then I'm just, I'm just bloviating. I'm just casting my opinion about stuff. And I want to come to this place, to this pulpit, and present to you things that are bubbling up inside of me from my journeys with Christ. Amen? And so I want to inspire you and I want to explain these to you and I want to break them down and give you a, a, a reason for the purpose of what more in 24 means not only to me and to this church but I want you to discover what it means to you because the more in 24 is the purpose statement for our church for the year 2024 so there'll be some things that I'll be leading you in corporately but each of you have to take that journey to discover well what is it for me personally? What is it for me personally? And you'll probably come up with your own set of mores. And that's totally cool. In fact, I totally expect that. Now, it is very possible 
that some of us are maybe stuck in the mud. Uh, maybe some of us could be a little resistant to change. Huh? Now, now don't, don't elbow your spouse. There's usually one spouse in the house that uh, does not like things to change. Now, it used to be me. Used to be me. Used to be me. Now I'm okay with it. I'm trying to convince myself of that. I had to. Diane changes everything all the time. You don't walk around my house in the dark. There's a light on in every room because you'll stub your toe on a table that was not there yesterday. Hmm? She moved bushes. Huh? I'm like, what, what the what? Wasn't there a tree there? Amen? So, I'm a little better about change nowadays. That's maybe because I'm getting older and uh, kinder and gentler, I hope. So I get it if people are resistant to change. I've been there, you know, satisfied and comfortable with where I'm at. Life at our house used to revolve around my chair and the TV. You did not move my chair or the TV. And Diane, I'm, I'm a symmetrical kind of persnickety person. I like everything in its place. And Diane's very asymmetrical and she is also a design artist. And so she likes this turned this way and this turned that way. And I'm like, if I got to turn my head to watch the TV, I don't even want to watch TV. I mean, that, that's how stuck in the mud I was. Now I'll tell you, my TV's facing this way and my chair is facing this way. I've grown! And I've also learned that if she moves one thing, everything moves. Pictures on the wall. I should just build this giant lazy Susan and put it under each room so she could just spin, spin it around. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm better about change, but I totally understand it. <clears throat> you know, satisfied, comfortable with where I'm at, comfortable with where I'm heading and what I'm doing, and certainly not interested in a bunch of New Year's nonsense. That's how I looked at it. Actually, some of the first amens that I had not asked for, I just got on that. But you know what? The Bible says that more is an inherent and essential character of a disciple of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, from the New Living Translation, you must grow. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, in case you didn't notice, growing involves more. Look at the same scripture from the Passion Translation. Continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have a mandate from scripture to be growing and to be experiencing more. God never got us, got us saved <laughs> filled us with his Holy Spirit just so we could stay static for the rest of our Christian journey. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be experiencing more in the Lord. So I hope you see it, that it's a clear mandate that we are to grow and we are to increase. I, I, 
I've, I've repented to God about fighting him on this because I now understand that more in 24 is not a nonsensical cliche. It's an inherent and essential characteristic of a true disciple of Jesus Christ to be growing, to become more in Christ, to grow and know more about him, to grow in greater intimacy and personal relationship with him, to experience more. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, New Living Translation. All of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That was a double more. I mean, he just said, I double dog dare you. There's, I'm going to put two mores in there. More and more. The passage has double mores. Jesus is the one who helps us become more and more like him, and we are changed. That's right, changed to become more like him. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, as, as just a mere Christian, you can stay, that, stay the way you are the rest of your life. And you will cheat yourself out of a whole lot. But as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you should be constantly changing and growing and becoming different. I want to be different. I want to be a better husband. Even after 37 years, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better papa. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better friend. Guess what has to happen? I have to change. I have to grow. Well, it's everybody else. No, 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 it's still you, whiny baby. More in 2024. More growth and more change is an inherent and essential part of what it means to be a disciple. Everybody say disciple. disciple. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a mere believer. Everybody believes something. And even those who are not Christian will say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. And many Christians barely believe. And many don't change a doggone thing. Well, excuse me. They change what's comfortable to them. And heaven forbid a preacher help them see other areas that they need to change because I'm, no, God can change for me. That's not how it works. So we've got to have more areas in our life. How about Romans chapter 12, verse 2? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, which comes from the Greek word metamorpho, which is the word that we get, the English word metamorphosis, which is the word that's used when a caterpillar goes into a cocoon and becomes a butterfly. Completely different! There's some growth took place in that little cocoon. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Didn't say the Holy Spirit would renew it for you. That's, that's my responsibility. That's your responsibility as a disciple to be 
seriously about the business of renewing your thinking, changing your way of thinking, changing your mind. You can't even truly repent without a changed mind. Well, how about the same scripture from the New Living Translation? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Whoa! When I change the way I think, I open up the door for God to come in and transform my life. But i got to change the way I think. How about Romans 12, 2 in the Passion Translation? I love this one. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Through a total reformation of how you think. A total change in how you think. It's time for us in 24, 2024 to quit just being Christians, to quit just being believers, and get up and grow to becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the enthusiasm that there is in this, this church today. That's the call for each and every one of us. If you haven't died to self, you can't even be his disciple. Jesus' words if you don't forsake everything, you have no part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. See, a disciple of Jesus Christ is not easy-peasy Christianity. It requires something of us to have a total reformation of how I think. And if I can get a total reformation of how I think, everything else will fall into place. You know, I remember... Uh, I, told, I know I've told you this story many times, but I remember when Emily was just a little bitty tyke, two, I don't know, maybe. There's back in that when kid, you know, the little ones love to jump off the things and daddy would catch them, right? And uh, the higher the better for her. We were in the kitchen. Erica wasn't even born yet. It was just Emily. And uh, I'd put Emily up on the fridge. Now pause for a minute. You're th <laughs> Diane was right there in the kitchen. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. And I'd put her up on the fridge, and she'd jump off the fridge. Come on, relax. The fridge is only this tall. The old one's even shorter. So when I reach up my hands, I mean, I'm right there, right? And the boy, she'd jump off that fridge into Daddy's arms. And, yeah, do it again. Put her back up on the fridge. She'd jump off, and Daddy'd catch her. And I had this epiphany, this moment where I felt like Father God said, Rick, I will never miss you. I will never let you fall. I will never drop you. Trust in me, Rick, like she trusts in you. And then he said to me, just throw your head off and your body will follow. In other words, I had all this stuff in my head that kept me from trusting God fully. Are you hearing me, beloved? I had to just throw my head off and the body would follow. So for those who are digging their heels in, that are resistant to change, this has got to be a little bit upsetting for you, because it isn't just a Rickism, it isn't just something Rick came up with. There's Bible scripture here to prove what I'm saying. And you, 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 you mean, Pastor, I can't stay the way I am? Sorry, no. You mean, as a believer, I have to grow? Yep. You mean, if I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I have to desire and expect more. 
to go back to an old show from years ago. You bet your sweet bippy you do. Just aged myself right there. Some of you, look it up. It's not a bad word. It's in the dic- I looked it up in the dictionary to make sure before I said it. Okay. So, hopefully, prayerfully, I've at least today made a decent argument that more in 24 is not a clever cliche that's meant for nothing more than to kick off a new year. I pray that I've made enough of a case with you today to know that it has depth and it has meaning. Uh, I pray that I've been convincing enough for you to know that more in 24 is inspirational and it has purpose. And I pray that I've spoken truly from my heart enough for you to know that for me it was heaven sent and it was spirit birthed. It wasn't just something I went, what can I say in 24? Not the case at all. So as I get ready to close, I'm on a personal journey. And it's one of the things that come with pastoring a church. When your pastor's on a personal journey, that always spills over onto the rest of us. It just happens. So I'm on a personal journey this year to experience more of the Lord's presence. I am determined to see more salvations. I'm determined. I am determined to be actively making Disciples, new believers that can last the test of time. And I'm serious about experiencing more personal health. I desperately want more spiritual growth and depth. And I want to crucify areas of my flesh. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have to ask God to reveal them to me. I know what areas they are. And, and, and I started that journey already. Like I said, I didn't have a piece of pie. I didn't have no ice cream. I didn't have a piece of cake. I, I didn't have no cookies. I didn't have no candy. Thank you, Jesus. I, didn't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say to you that I, that I crucified the sugar demon. But God, God showed me in my heart that I have, a, I have a problem with sugar, especially chocolate. And I can go without it forever and ever and ever until I have one. And when I have one, I can't seem to stop. I didn't think that was the case until God began to reveal that in me. You can't stop, Rick. You have no control over your chocolate thing. Huh? I don't know. Did, did anybody else uh, have a problem when there was a, a jar of, a half a jar of a hot fudge in the fridge that you just take the jar and put it in the, the microwave and get a big tablespoon and eat the rest of it? Is that just me? Liars! <laughs> Am I the only one? Huh? It's okay, as long as you dip your carrots in hot fudge. <laughs> so I'm crucifying areas of my flesh. And I think it's interesting that if you take the word flesh and write it backwards, which would be H. S-E-L-F, and erase the H. You know what word you come up with? 
self, self. And we all have areas of self that needs to go away so we can become more like him, grow in the knowledge of him. Can I get a witness? If you can believe and receive what I've said thus far about this, would you give the Lord some praise this morning? So as I close in the next few weeks, I want to put a biblical foundation to each of my six mores, not s'mores. And in the meantime, I want you, here's, I told you I was going to get to a, the, the assignment as I've shared it really a couple of times, but I want you to define for yourself through prayer and through meditation what your more will be. And again, they may be, some of them may be the same as mine, but I would imagine you're going to have some different mores in your purpose statement. If you don't do this, then it's nothing more than a clever play on words for this coming year. So let me ask you, you guys have that video ready for me? Okay, we'll, we'll get on that in just a moment. Because I'm never going to leave a service without giving people an opportunity to accept Jesus. Never, ever. So maybe there's somebody here today that's sick and tired of the same old, same old. Maybe you're sick and tired of having to constantly dig your heels in the ground and go, I'm fine with the way I am, when deep down inside, you know you're not. Maybe uh, you're desperate for something new in your life because the same old, same old is just uh, giving you the same old thing over and over again. I wonder if there's anybody here today that's ready for a fresh start. I wonder if there's anybody here today that's ready for a new direction in life. I wonder if there's anybody here today that's ready for a life of purpose. This, this world that we live in, people are running around with no purpose. They don't know what they believe. They don't, they don't know anything, honestly, in many cases beyond social media. Today is the last day of 2023. Tomorrow will not be 2023. It'll be 2024. This is the last church service of 2023. And tomorrow starts a brand new year. And so I ask you, what do you need to leave behind? What chains need to be broken over your life? And we all have some. What old ways do you need to be set free from? What things in life have been dragging you down? And I don't think any of us have to pray too deeply to easily recognize the things that constantly diminish us and drag us down. Are you tired of living life like you're on a hamster wheel? Are you sick and tired of running hard but getting nowhere? Let me ask you, has the partying lost its luster? I know what that's like. I was a great partier. I could party all night long. 
throw up just so I could go drink some more, take enough drugs to pass out in the yard only to wake up in the morning to start drinking and drugging again. I was a professional partier. It lost its luster. That's why I had to do more drugs and more alcohol. So has the partying lost its luster? I can also attest to this journey. Have you had unhealthy relationships that have left you empty, that have left you lonely, that have left you hurting? I think in many cases of speaking to us all here, well, I want to say this to you, that if you can say yes to any of these questions, I know this without a shadow of a doubt that I have the answer for you. If you can say yes to any of these questions, I have the answer for you, and the answer is Jesus Christ. He's the answer to all of these things. People want to know how I got free from drugs. I turned my will and my life completely over to Jesus Christ as I knew him. Here's the deal. I get to know him more and more and more and more and more and more every day. If you said yes to any of these questions, you need to receive the answer, and the answer is Jesus Christ, and all you need to do is put your trust in him. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to come shake the preacher's hand. You simply have to say, I give you my heart. And it's okay to say, I don't know what that means, but I'm sick of all this other stuff and I need this new journey. And so I'm going to give you my heart. Help me discover what that means. And we're going to help you discover what that means. All you need to do is give Jesus a chance. I wonder, would you give Jesus a chance today? He's given you more chances than you could ever count. And I can attest to that as well. When I say, uh, looking back on my history as a drug addict, that I shouldn't be here today, that's not just some clever cliche either. I should be dead or in prison. Jesus rescued me. And I didn't know what it all meant. I was so afraid of God. I thought sure that he was nothing more than the grand cop in the sky waiting to get me a ticket to hell at the first mistake. Until I had that refrigerator experience with my daughter. It showed me he loved me so much that he would never let me hit the ground. He would never miss me. He will always have arms outreached for me if I would just trust him the way that little baby girl trusted me. See, you can't really put a definition on that trust. So that's why I say, you just got to give Jesus a chance. Maybe that's for some of you Christians, too, who haven't graduated to becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. I say that with all the love in my heart. There's no judgment here. There's many of us have been just happy being church attenders and let the preacher... And those that are on fire, go do all the rest. It's not going to work for you in the end. So, it's time for you to do something different. 
and maybe give him a chance. Because guess what? He'll never let you down. He will never abandon you. He will never disappoint you. He will always love you. He will always forgive you. He will always accept you just as you are. He will always believe in you when others have not. He will always receive you. I was orphaned. I was abandoned by my parents. I understand all this. That's probably the same story for some of y'all. He will never reject you. He will never, ever abandon you. He will receive you. So I say do something more today. Because today, as the scripture says, is the day of salvation. This is the day of your beginning. Jesus is waiting for you. And he's not going to stop waiting for you. He's waiting for you. The old hymn says softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Patiently, Jesus is waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary. Come home earnestly, tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Can you dim the lights in the house? Can I have the altar ministry team come forward again, please? Father God, I've done what you've asked me to do. I've sown the seed and I've watered it, but you're the one that brings the harvest. And so I ask that you bring the harvest of people to respond today. And so I'm going to sit down up here and I'm going to pray. The songs, a song is going to be playing, a video is going to be up on the screen. This is your opportunity to simply respond to God. You don't even have to come. They're here just to pray with you. Maybe it's just about kneeling in the altar. Maybe it's just about coming to the altar. That's not for me to determine for you. I'm just giving you the opportunity. Go ahead and play, play the song, and then you all respond. Respond to the Lord.
Father, each of these up here, I just pray for them all, Lord. Whatever their need, whatever their reason, may they be so filled with you that they become more like you. Lord, each of, each of these that are sitting out there, Lord, maybe some should have, maybe some are just fine, but teach us how to become more like you, Lord, to grow in knowledge of you to go into this new year expecting more, believing for more, hoping for more.
from more in 24. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can believe it and receive it, give the Lord a praise in the house. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys are looking good. Thank you very much.